You're listening to Parenting Through the Detour, Episode 17, Why Your Thoughts Are So Important. Howard W. Hunter said, Your detours and disappointments are the straight and narrow way back to Him. And there are so many scriptures that tell us that all things will work together for our good. So how do you turn your detours as a parent into something that will work together for your good and for the good of the most important people in your life, your family? Join me in this podcast and let's talk about it. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. And I also love sharing listeners' reviews from those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And I have one for you today. It's from HeaterT96. And HeaterT96 titles this review, So Insightful, and says, Tina has such a great perspective on how to handle the detours parents will inevitably experience. She has helped me to find peace and love in situations that have been difficult and trying. She has the ability to help you work through the feeling of needing to be in control to be able to love through hard times. I'm so glad I have her wise words to refer to every time I need some help as a parent. Thank you, HeaterT96. That is so nice, and I'm so glad that you have found some value in what you're hearing in this podcast. Now, if you want to be the next listener review that I that I present on the podcast, then make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. And maybe yours will be the next one that I share. Now, also, before we get into this week's topic, which is great, by the way, I want to remind you that tomorrow is October 1st. And what happens on October 1st? The registration to my masterclass opens. My masterclass on October 14th is opening. The registration opens on October 1st. So this class will cover how you can unconditionally love your child. Now, before you say, I already do unconditionally love my child, I want to let you know that I talk to many parents who say that to me, and then they say, but... It's followed by the word, but I, of course, I love my child unconditionally, but, and then they tell me what they don't like that their child is doing. I want to tell you that anything that comes after the word, but cancels out. I love my child unconditionally. And listen, I get it. As parents, we want our children to do things differently and to make good choices because we want them to have a great life. We want to save them from some of the suffering and the problems that we see from them making the decisions that they are making. And I know that you love your child, but you just can't get behind some of the things that you see them do. So then what? That's what this masterclass will be about. It's going to be How do you do that? How do you find that balance? What does unconditional love look like? What does it not look like? How do we make it work in our lives as a strength and as a strength in our children's lives? That's what I'm going to cover in this masterclass. Now, it's going to be about 60 minutes. I'll do about 20 or so minutes of teaching at the beginning, and then I'll open it up for questions and coaching. So if you have a question that you want to have answered and you can't attend live, 
no worries. You can always submit that question ahead of time and I will still cover it on the call. So don't worry if you can't be there live because I've got you covered. If you feel like you need help with this, make sure you sign up for this class. The cost is $42 and you will also have access to the replay when I post it. So mark your calendar for October 1st to register for this class. The class itself takes place on October 14th from 11 to 12 Mountain Time. And you can register for that on my website. So let's get into the topic for this week, which is why your thoughts are so important. Now, before I start that, I want you to think about this. We are all sitting in the same theater, looking at the same screen and watching different movies. This applies to you and your spouse. This applies to you and your children. This applies to you and your parents. This applies to you and everyone else in the world. No one in the world is watching the same exact movie that you are. Now, there's so many great examples of this in the scriptures. I'm just going to go over one today. And this is an example, a story that we've heard so many times. If you're an active member of the church, you've heard this story countless times. That's why I chose it, because I think the story is so familiar to us that we can start taking a look at what was going on behind the scenes of the story. And that's what I want to do today. So here's Nephi and Laman and Lemuel and Sam. And their father tells them, hey, God said, go back to Jerusalem. I know you've come all this way but I want you to go to Jerusalem and you need to get these plates from Laban. They've had very different thoughts about going back in the first place. They all had different thoughts about going back, but they all did. And they were trying to figure out how are we going to get Laban to give us these plates? And they had this great idea. You know, we're pretty wealthy. We have a lot of stuff. We can gather up all of our stuff that we left here because it's still here in Jerusalem. And we can go and we can trade it to Laban and then he'll give us the plates because, you know, he's for sure going to want all of our things. We have really great things. We have really valuable things, don't we? What a great idea. So they gather up all their stuff and they take it to Laban and ask him to trade them their stuff for the plates. Well, Laban had a different idea because he thought, well, I I can take all of your stuff and I can keep the plates and I can kill you. And that's what he tried to do. He kept their stuff and then sent his servants out to kill them. But they got away, of course, right? And after they got away, Laman and Lemuel got really mad and started beating Nephi and Sam. Do you see this all the time in families and sibling relationships? The older child has something that they get upset about, or maybe they get picked on. So then they turn around and they pick on the younger brother or the younger sister. It's pretty common story. So maybe that's what was happening here. Laman and Lemuel are just really mad and they're taking it out on Nephi and Sam. And they start beating their younger brothers. And what happens as they're beating their younger brothers? An angel comes and tells them to go back and get the plates. Tells them some other things too. But he told them to go back and get the plates. So they're all in the same place, looking at the same thing. Let's say that this angel is the screen. They're all looking at the same thing, sitting in the same theater. 
but they all interpret this circumstance very differently in their minds because they all take something different away from what this angel said to them. Because at this point, Nephi says, hey, we can do this. Look, look at all this power that our God has. He is so powerful. We can do this. And Laman and Lemuel continue to murmur and be mad. They just saw an angel. An angel spoke to them. And they're mad. They might be mad about some of the things that the angel said. They might be mad that for some other reason that we don't even know. But they're still mad. And they have just had this incredible spiritual experience of seeing an angel of God. They're watching a very different movie than Nephi is. So the way that we think, the movie that we choose to play in our heads determines how we feel. Our thoughts create our feelings. And Nephi, because he was thinking, oh, I can do this, probably felt really empowered and determined. And he was saying things like, hey, let's go. Our Lord is so powerful and he's done so many miraculous things in the past. Like, look at all these things that he's done in the past. So why, why can't he do them now? Those are really empowering and motivating words that Nephi is saying to his brothers. But here's Laman and Lemuel on the other side, and they were still angry. And they murmured, and they were wroth. Don't you love that word, wroth? I think it just captures, the word just sounds just like this feeling of wrath. I just love that word. Now, they might have been upset because the angel told them that Nephi was going to rule over them, which is probably a pretty hard pill for them to swallow. But the way that they were thinking about this angel and his message was leading them to feel angry. And I wouldn't doubt that they also had some resentment towards Nephi too. And don't we see this happen all the time? You can sit in a meeting. Have you ever sat in a meeting? I'm sure this has happened to just about everybody. You can sit in a meeting at church and listen to a talk and feel just overwhelmingly touched by the Spirit and feel so inspired, like the Spirit is just so strong. And the person sitting next to you is completely disengaged. And they think that it was really boring and felt nothing. So you both sat and listened to the same talk. The way that you choose to think about that talk And about being at church that day, the way that you think about letting the gospel into your life and into your heart will determine how you feel about it. And the way that you feel about it will determine the things that you do next. Because we are very emotional beings and we do everything because of how we feel. Sometimes our feelings cause us to hold back and not do something. But many times, Our emotions drive us towards something. So they either drive us towards or away from something. And when Nephi felt motivated and empowered, he decided to come up with a new plan to get the plates. And this time he said, I'm going to be the one that goes into Laban's house. And he felt empowered by the spirit and it led him to act. It doesn't mean that he wasn't also scared because he probably was. In fact, as you read the rest of this story, you can see the fear that he writes with. But it does mean that the feeling of being empowered by the Spirit was stronger than his fear because he went forth and he did it. Now, when Laman and Lemuel felt angry and maybe kind of resentful towards Nephi, 
they were willing to let their little brother go in and face Laban instead of them. And they were afraid. They were very afraid. You can also see that in the way that they reacted and the things that they didn't do. So our feelings will drive the things that we do. And even people who say they aren't very emotional people have emotions that will drive them to do things or to not do things. And the things that you do, I'm going to call them actions. Those actions give you the result that you have in your life. The result is the effect of the actions that you've taken or not taken. So the things that you do determine what result you get in your life. And Nephi's result was he learned to listen to the Spirit. He learned by experience. And he learned that it would guide him when he obeyed. And what was Laman and Lemuel's result? Well, one thing was that they didn't experience an increase in spiritual guidance. And they didn't learn to rely on that in their life. And all you have to do is read the next few chapters to see that over the next few decades of their life, as they continued in each way of their thinking, Nephi opening himself up to the Spirit and Laman and Lemuel closing themselves off from it, you see as they continue to think those ways, it drove them to very different feelings towards God and towards each other. And those feelings drove them to actions which gave them the results. And the longer they continued in that pattern of thinking, the further and further apart their results came. And we see this all over in the scriptures. There are examples of this very pattern happening over and over again. So it it is so important to watch our thoughts. And you see this very, you, you see prophets talking about thoughts in the scriptures. Like Mosiah tells us to watch our thoughts. In Proverbs it says, As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And Isaiah tells us that the Lord says his thoughts are not like our thoughts, which makes perfect sense. We don't have the same results that he does. Because our thoughts will ultimately determine what our results are in our life. And we have agency in the way that we think. And most people do not realize this. They consider that the way they think is just automatic. And they don't have any control over it. But that's not true. Because it's like being a goldfish and swimming in water. You don't even realize that the thoughts that you're swimming in are your thoughts. And that you have a choice to swim in different water if you want to. In the Guide to the Scriptures, it says, The power to think is a gift from God, and we are free to choose how we use our power to think. The way we think greatly affects attitudes and behavior. We have the agency in the way that we think, but it will determine the way that we feel about things. And the way that you feel comes from the way that you think. So our thoughts are super important to pay attention to. And I talk to people all the time about how their thoughts are creating their feelings. And they are miserable thinking the way that they do, and they want to change the way that they're thinking. It's not so easy to do. If it were easy to change the way that we're thinking, then everybody would do it. And it wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be something that we need to talk about on podcasts. In rare instances, someone can just in the matter of a second change the way that they think and get a different result. Now consider someone who's been a lifelong smoker 
and they get a diagnosis of lung cancer and they never pick up another cigarette. They change their thinking in, the, in just a split second. But that's not usually the norm. Most of us, most of the time, need help to change the way that we're thinking. And that's when coaching comes in so handy. It's so useful because you are inside your brain and you can't see the way that you are thinking. You just think this is the way that the world is. You can't read a label from inside the jar and you are inside the jar of your own brain. But I can see the way my clients are thinking and help them to challenge the thoughts that they're having. And together we look at those thoughts and see if they're true. And sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. Because our brain will go to work to make up stories and finish storylines when we only know a handful of facts. It fills in the details because it doesn't like unfinished stories. And it fills in the details according to our greatest insecurities. So sometimes it becomes a situation where we can just choose to think differently about something in our life. And agency is huge in the way that we think. But only when we realize that we have a choice and we can choose differently than we have thought in the past. I've been researching for a long time, years, almost a decade in fact, about why our children are leaving the church. And why so many people are feeling like this is not their home anymore. People that you thought would never leave are leaving. Children that we thought were so strong are not as strong as we thought they were. And there are a lot of different things that play into why someone leaves the church. But I think this is a big one. And that we're not acknowledging that our actions will flow naturally from the way that we are thinking and feeling. And in the church, we get so focused on taking actions. We want our kids to attend seminary and to serve serve missions, to attend the temple, to marry in the temple, to do family history work, to want to read their scriptures and want to pray and, and have family home evening and study the Come, Follow Me. We want them to do all these things. And what parents so often don't know is that if their child isn't feeling thinking and feeling engaged at church, and like it's a place that they want to be and learn, a place that engages them, that those actions that we want them to take will be forced and they will not feel natural to the child. I think this is one of the reasons that we're having so many difficulties retaining members. There are other reasons, yes, but this is a big one. So I believe we need to focus more on what are the thoughts and the feelings that someone is having about the gospel instead of getting them to do things because those actions will come naturally when they feel inspired and engaged, just like Nephi, just like Laman and Lemuel. And when you consider that your child's thoughts and feelings is where you have the greatest influence, and not enforcing them to take actions that they don't want to do or they don't care about, that is huge. Because your child isn't aware that they are watching a different movie than you are. And often you're not aware that they're watching a different one than you are. So ask them, what are their thoughts about attending seminary? Ask them about serving a mission, about attending the temple. How do they feel about come follow me? 
Their thoughts will be given away in the way that they answer you. So take time to try to listen to what they are telling you. And if you have a teenager or a young adult, they might not be able to really vocalize and put their thoughts into words. So read between the lines. Read the body language. Read what they are trying to tell you with their behavior. Because all behavior is a form of communication. So what is your child trying to tell you by the way that they are behaving? I want to leave you with this. I know this is a shorter podcast, but I want to leave you with this one thought. In that Heavenly Father is a perfect parent. And I have been in some really difficult parenting situations in my lifetime. And I've tried to take a step back and ask myself, what would he do if he was here? How would he handle this situation? And that has really guided me for years now. And in Isaiah 55, it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. In this podcast, I've shown you that your thoughts will give you the results that you have in your life. And I, for one, have different results in my life than Heavenly Father does. And that makes perfect sense, that his thoughts are different than my thoughts. Because if my thoughts were like his, I would be more like him. So spend some time thinking about what kind of thoughts would he have? And if his thoughts are different than mine, and he has different results than I do, then how can I align my thoughts more with what his are? And then as you work on thinking similar to what you think he is thinking, you'll become more like him and your results will start to show up different in your life and be more like his. So that is what I have for you today. Don't forget to sign up for the masterclass. Visit my website, tinagosney.com and get signed up for that masterclass and I'll see you there.